Alright, well I guess we might as well get started. Anybody that shows up after we get started, well, they better have a note. So, Jesus, we just thank you for your goodness to us. God, your, your love and all of your care, God, is, is more than we could express. God, we're grateful to you for everything that you've done. And we just pray that today you would minister in this place as only you can. God, we want to set aside our week and uh, and and all of the the things that uh, that would weigh us down. God, we want to receive from you God, exactly what you have for us. God, and we just are asking you to do in your church uh, what only you could. God, and I just I pray this morning that you would bring this word forth exactly as, as you would have it. Mm-hmm. And that you would just organize my thinking and, and bring this thing forth exactly as you want it. God, I just I pray it and ask it in your righteous name. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Alright. So go with me to Psalm 19. I like the Psalms. I spend a lot of time there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Try and uh, I try and read the uh, Psalms by the date every uh, every day. So you know, like today would be you know twenty fifty uh, eighty one ten one forty all that. So it's a nifty little way to uh, make sure you get them all read every month. Um, so I just happened to be reading 19 yesterday, being the 19th, and uh, and I thought this was a, a really interesting chapter. Um, uh, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. So it kind of reminds me a bit of, of Romans 1. How he tells us that uh, that we can we can see God in creation and see Him in the things that He's made, and so uh, so we can all see it. I uh, I love reading stuff where people think that that uh, that where they teach evolution and all that stuff because it's like it's like reading a comic book. It's like it's like reading science fiction. Emphasis on the fiction, and uh, uh, you know we've talked about that a lot around here. It's kind of entertaining to uh, uh, listen to people's ideas about uh, how unlikely uh, you know, the the things that they they teach really are about the evolution and and coming from an explosion and all that good stuff. Awesome. So there's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. So, so we can see God everywhere we look. It says their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom running, coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven and the circuit to the ends of it. And there's nothing hid from the heat thereof. Got to like that. No, I like it that... Uh, 
Now, the idea of being able to hide something from from somebody is an interesting concept. And uh, uh, the funny thing is about you could the fact that you can't hide anything from God is something that could make you afraid, or it could be really comforting. Uh, you know, and I I find it really comforting because. Um, you wouldn't want to hide something and and try and, and skate through with something that would end up destroying you in the end. So um, the fact that you can't hide anything from God makes uh, it also makes the the idea of resisting confessing something or repenting of it uh, kind of silly because like he already knows it's there anyway. I. I was flipping through the news this morning and I saw this uh, headline about this guy that had his name tattooed on his neck and then tried to give the police a false ID. Oh, no. <laughs> like, okay. And um, you know, trying to hide something from God or deny something when he's pointing it out is kind of about like that. It's like, uh, it's like having uh, chocolate on your face and saying you didn't eat the cookies. So. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, but here's where I really wanted to get to. Uh, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And uh, I just, I, I really like this, this whole passage here, just talking about how, how awesome the Word of God is and all the cool stuff that it, that it does for us. Because this word law... And that's a great translation for it. Um, they use it to refer to laws individually. Um, uh, refers to the Ten Commandments. It refers to the whole law of Moses. It's all of that. So the law of the Lord is perfect. That's a good word for it. Perfect, complete, entire, not missing anything. And uh, converting is a good word. Uh, uh, my Bible's got restoring in the margin. Restoring is a good word because this this word that they've translated converting means uh, to to bring something back. So so restoration is a is a good thought there, and uh, and God's word does do that because we've inherited this knowledge of good and evil. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've I have often thought throughout the course of my life that it's a shame that Adam and Eve messed everything up for everybody, you know. And uh, um, but at the same time, the opportunity to to choose God in a in a world that doesn't is is a really cool thing. So, uh, but uh, I like how he says the law of the Lord is perfect, uh, converting the soul. Because um, that's something that doesn't just happen once. That's something that that happens throughout our life, over and over again. I've I've had lots of conversations with folks that um, are are always focused on this kind of one and done moment of of surrender or obedience, um, and and looking for. You know that kind of to be the end all be all moment of their life, and then everything else will just go smooth from there. Uh, when, in reality, 
the Word of God is always working with us and always changing us and always uh, um, tweaking things. And, and God is very wise at how He spaces that out so that we don't become discouraged. Um, because, you know, it's uh, I remember when I first got born again, I thought, I already thought I had arrived, you know, and looked around at church and it was like, man, look at all these perfect folks. Everybody's got all this, everything together. We're just all tootling down the road together. This is great. And then after a week or so, I realized I had not arrived at all, <laughs> but I, I still had plenty of stuff to work on or be worked on or get rid of uh, and all that. And then the longer I was around, the more I realized, wow, everybody else has problems too. Like everybody else is all messed up too. Great. We can all be messed up together. But you know, the great thing is, is that's kind of where the church stops. A lot of the church stops at, well, we're all just messed up together. Pobody's perfect. So it's like, well, actually, uh, God has, um, he has a standard for his church. And he, and he has uh, a goal for us, and um, uh, just all being messed up together is not it. <laughs> so, uh, so he has, you know, he's has this plan because uh, a lot of what he talks about here about God's law is not necessarily all outside stuff. It's stuff that he does to you from the inside. Uh, and of course, this is in the Psalms. This is in the Old Testament, Old Covenant. But yet, uh, God had this brilliant plan to come and live inside of us. Uh, I confessional. I when I was a kid, I loved Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And there's this scene where God tells them to go look for the Holy Grail, and King Arthur says, "Good idea," and, he, and God thunders at him, "Of course, it's a good idea." <laughs> and uh, and you know, obviously it's quite irreverent and not really appropriate, but that sense of, of course God's ideas are good ideas, I, you know, is 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 fantastic. Uh, I, I do that at home sometimes. Of course it's a good idea. <laughs> so, my kids, of course, have never seen that movie. But, uh, um, and if you like that movie, I'm not judging you. Just saying. But, uh, so God has this, Brilliant plan then to come live inside of us and change us from the inside out. Because uh, if you've ever dealt with children, you know that you can do a lot of of course correction, and you can put up all kinds of gates and barriers and fences and rules, and and uh, you can you know shut off their phone remotely and everything else, and yet it doesn't change anything about the inside of them. And so that's why, of course, God's Word talks about training a child. That's not that's different than um, monitoring a child. Monitor a child so that uh, when they're old, they won't depart from it. <laughs> it's not the same thing. And so, so that's what God understands about people is that we don't need to be monitored by this cosmic policeman. What we need is to have something change us on the inside. And that's what he's talking about here. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You know, we were 
we were just reading in Corinthians recently about uh, the preaching of the cross being foolishness to them that don't believe, and that it's the power of God to them that, that those that are saved. And uh, and so he's right. The testimony of the Lord is sure. And, and he's talking again. This is a, a similar word that's talking about God's word, but but you have a testimony, and I have a testimony. And the great thing about the testimony thing is that that uh, no one can really argue with you about it. Well, they they, they will, but um, but it's not the same as trying to intellectually fence with you about um, about a doctrine or something like that. Um, because you'll always find some brainiac that can twist it around and make it into something that that leaves you like sputtering. But the the testimony of the Lord is sure, and and it makes wise the simple. And I like that because there's nothing of like uh, feeling like you're not the brightest uh, candle in the room, or the, the the sharpest knife in the place where they keep the knives, and uh, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I like it that God is not so concerned with intelligence that he makes it a, a prerequisite. You know, because obviously, as we've talked about a lot around here, God is not opposed to you being intelligent. Um, but uh, but he's also not, uh, doesn't require you to be uh, you know, an utter brainiac and, and be able to dissect his word intellectually. In fact, that's what he doesn't want you to do. Um but uh, so the the testimony of the Lord is sure. And so when God does something in your life, you can be sure of it, and it it really does make you wise, wiser than uh, wiser than old folks driving around on the campus and uh, and all that. Uh, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Uh, and right's a good word. Uh, uh, the uh, the word that they used here, they also use it to mean straight. So that's that's great because um, the the way that God leads you is a is a straight path and uh, um, English is a fun language because it doesn't make any sense and uh, um, you know there's I before E except in like fifty gajillion cases that you just kind of have to memorize um, and uh, so. Um, you know, straight. Of course, we have a couple of different words. They're both pronounced straight in English, right. and there's this straight, which is like a straight line. But there's also like straight, like in a straight betwixt two, where you're you're going through this narrow place with obstacles on the sides. And uh, um, so, um, of course, Jesus had to enter in at the straight gate, the right way. And uh, the the proper way, and uh, and of course he is the way. So nothing like having him just be your all in all. So the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And have you ever not really you knew something was the right thing to do, but you really didn't want to do it, and you kind of. Shook your shoulders back and forth like I don't wanna with a whole bunch of A's in it, and 
and then eventually you acquiesced and did the right thing. And um, when you did the right thing, did that make you feel good or bad? It makes you feel good. It's always – well, yeah. Okay. Both. Probably the right answer. But <laughs> – but but it says here rejoicing the heart. So on the inside, how did that make you feel? Like great, awesome. I was having this rather murky conversation with Cynthia the other day, and was trying to explain what I was thinking and how I was feeling, and uh, doing a really terrible job of it. And I mean. There's nothing like trying to articulate something to someone and you just can't. And and so you're just kind of throwing words at them and they just kind of look at you like, what? And so we were kind of having this conversation that was like, like, like playing table tennis, but like the person across the table from you was playing with somebody over there, you know, and so it's like we're, we're not passing the ball back and forth anymore. And... Uh, you know, and, and I realized that the way that I was thinking about the situation was just not really the right thing. And I never, I wouldn't have thought this about myself in a conversation with, with my wife, but I was thinking, I don't, I think I'm just plain wrong here. And I don't really want to admit it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of rare at my house, honestly. So I was kind of like, well, <laughs> I was like, yeah, um, so I kind of, I kind of just like shelved that idea of, well, I'll just, I'll just admit that I was wrong and we'll move on and that will be that. And so I kept trying to explain what I was talking about, and and she was obviously she was not getting it, and because I was not explaining it, and eventually I realized, you know what, I should just admit that I'm wrong. And instead of trying to turn this around until I'm right somehow. And uh, uh, so it didn't feel that bad on the outside. But on the inside, I felt much, 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 much better. Yeah. Like, okay, so I, could, I can be wrong and it's not the end of the world. So that was, uh, so doing the, doing the right thing is, uh, is an awesome thing. But um and, uh, and it really does leave you feeling better in the end. And uh, so, you know, following the things that, that God's Word teaches us to do is uh, will, does exactly that. Uh, statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And, uh, of course, God's Word does that for us. Uh, the fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. So I like that because now he's not so much talking about his word as about this, how we deal with it. And uh, so, the, uh, of course, the Bible says in multiple places that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, and and I, I love that phrase because the word that they use for beginning means the principal part. So, you know, if you're doing math, you kind of have to have, like, your little building blocks. I was trying to explain something about math to Levi yesterday, something about algebra. Um, 
because he loves math. And he, it was, there was a bunch of blocks missing in between what he knows and what I was talking about. And uh, uh, so I realized, okay, well, never mind. He just needs all of these blocks, and I'll let the, the nice teacher on the DVD fill him in on that stuff. But um, uh, because there are a lot of holes in my memories of math from school, I only know how to do the stuff that I have to know for my job. But um, but you, if you're going to understand the concept, you have to build on it, and you, you have to have you know this little bit and this little bit and this little bit and this little bit, and just about everything in life is really like that. It's like like having a goal. I was talking to Jeremy about goals because he had this assignment he had to bring home that was like, you know, what are your goals at, you know, over the next two years? What, what's your goal by the time you're 16? What's your goal for 18? And, of course, he's 12, so they were, you know, rather um, lacking in foresight. Um, but then I had to sit down and think about it because, you know, as of course, public schools you know they have their parent torture organizations and all that stuff, and they 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 they, they want to inflict your children's homework on you too, and uh, so uh, so I had to sit down and think about this and write down what are my goals for him, and so it's kind of like I have to use my brain. It's like I shut it off when I leave work, sometimes before I leave work, and I was like, man, I don't ah. But I was explaining to him about goals. I was like, see, the thing about a goal is that you start with something small, like something attainable that is on the way to your goal, but that is that doesn't make your goal this, I'm going to go from you know, here to big zero gravity moon steps all at once. And so... Um, you know, the fear of God is like that, too, because at first it seems like sort of an alien concept when you find out how loving God is and how wonderful he is and how he'll forgive you and wash you in his blood and give you this whole new start and everything and comes and lives inside of you. And then and it's like, well, why would I why would I be afraid of them? You know, and then and then you have to get corrected for something and you find out, oh, so I wouldn't want to do that. And there's this sense of of reverence that's built there and that's really kind of a better word than fear fear is a good word um, remember uh, going somewhere once and my father-in-law introduced Dennis as a God-fearing young man to this cute waitress you know so it's like well there's you know God-fearing is a good word but um, you know, reverence is a better word I think um, and and when you and we've been talking about this a lot lately when you see when you when you really see the price that God has paid, then you wouldn't take it lightly, and and you would fear to uh, just do despite to it. That's what we were talking about on on Wednesday night uh, in Hebrews, and uh, so uh, I like how he says the fear of the Lord is clean because who doesn't like to be clean? You know, and it's uh, you know, it, nobody, nobody. You have, have you ever you know, been somewhere and thought, man, I just realized I really need a shower. I hope no one comes near me. <laughs> and uh, it's like you're thinking, I would really like to be clean about now. Or you know, uh, one of the funniest things that ever happened to me was 
when Bobby came to work for Mike and I, he told us that he didn't like doing uh, vinyl siding with, with John because it was dirty. It's messy work because you get these little shavings on you and things. And, and he, already, he already worked for us. He was already on the payroll. And we were like, <laughs> like you have no idea. And so then he had all kinds of messy work to do with his, his long classical guitar fingernails and his shoulder-length hair. It was like working with a girl. It was great. And uh, we gave him such a hard time. Oh, it was so much fun. But uh, I didn't want to pick on him too hard, though, because I knew he could snap me in half. So, um, uh, But, uh, you know, painting is a really dirty messy kind of job uh, or can be and uh, there were so many times I would come home and I would like don't touch me <laughs> it's like if you come up and hug me you will ruin your clothes and uh, um, so you know I'd be like do not get, do not touch me I have not yet ascended onto the shower and uh, <laughs> so <laughs> yep, or, or one, of, one of my signature phrases was don't touch me I'm nasty and uh, so, way way better to be clean than to just kind of go through life like that, like unclean. Don't touch me. So, so the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And that's great because we we love being judged, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Yes, is the correct answer. Yes. Um, but, you know, actually being judged is awesome because um, you you would want to have the stuff pointed out that needs pointed out, like we were saying at the beginning, you know, because um, you think of, you know, John on the Isle of Patmos and, and uh, you know, there he sees Jesus and and Jesus just looks right through him, the eyes of fire, and that's an awesome place to be, you know. And um, you know, so I would I'd encourage you pray like that. It's like God, I want you to look at me with your eyes of fire, and look right through me, make me uncomfortable with stuff that shouldn't be there. Like I want to be as uncomfortable with it as you are, and. Uh, um, uh, but the thing about you know judgment is that we we like to we like to argue with judgment. We like you know if somebody points something out about you, it's like you you don't uh, you know I'm not pointing at anybody in particular, but it's like you you don't want to just accept it. It's like but I it's like yeah but it's like but but, but here's what you don't know, bro. You know and it's like. Uh, or, you know, you can, uh, you know, throw it back. It's like, yeah, well, you do, da 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 da. You know. So, I, I love just how definitive this is because he says the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Kind of doesn't really leave any wiggle room there. And, uh, uh, you know, and it's awesome that when you have this. Because you have this standard that can't be argued with. It's like this is the standard that we're all going by here. The judgments of the Lord. And so if, if God is 
pointing out something that he wants changed, then there's really nothing to do with that except accept it and work with him on getting it changed. So, excuse me. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, than much fine gold, and sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Boy, that's somebody that has had God fix stuff in their life and found out that, that wow, that was so worth it. Because, uh, you know, I mean, we all have those testimonies where we can look back at things that God took us through to fix something broken in our life and, and thought, that was the worst thing that ever happened in my life. I would never want to do that again. But that was awesome. I'm so glad God did that, and and I would not take it back for anything. So, more to be desired are are the and he's talking about the judgments of God here. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, and sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there's great reward. And uh, warned is a good word, um, admonished, taught, instructed. All those words work there well. Um, and so those are like the best kind of instructions are the preemptive instructions. Um, it's like, now before you do this, don't do this, don't do this, and don't do this. I, I remember one time when Mike and I were first getting into painting and... Uh, and we were working with Kevin and, and with Jeff Stewart, and, and uh, Mike was up on this ladder. There's dirt over here on the right, or on the left, and concrete on the right. And Jeff's like, now, Mike, if the ladder starts to move, just jump to the right. Mike's looking at this concrete pad, and he just kind of looks at Jeff. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> so, um, uh, so, you know, having, but having instructions beforehand, I mean, obviously you would not want to jump that direction, but um, uh, knowing what to do going into something is way better. Some people like to just jump into stuff and figure it out as they go. I, I, mean, I don't mind that some, but I kind of like to have somebody, you know, like first you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this, and... Uh, um, I like everything nice and tidy and orderly and and all that. And so I kind of like to know what I'm doing before I do it. Um, and, that, and that's what God does is he, is he gives us his word ahead of time because when we when we are when we are warned by his word uh, and then we and we are keeping those judgments and those statutes that he talks about, then that avoids a lot of the. Uh, uh, the judgment things uh, and all that stuff. And then we don't need so much of that, which is always awesome. However, no matter how awesome that is in your life, you'll, God will always find things to tweak. There will always be things that God will will work on um, until until he's done. And when he says that he's, he's done with, with all the stuff, then that's awesome. Because, of course, we're headed for perfection. And he said, in keeping of them, there's great reward. We don't think about that much. And God doesn't talk about it very much. Uh, because it's like, 
if you were fabulously wealthy, you wouldn't want people to be your friend because you were fabulously wealthy. And and so he doesn't talk a whole lot about the the rewards. But you know, in Job, he said that if they shall obey and serve him, then they shall spend their years in prosperity and their years in pleasure. So, um, so that's a great thing to have. Uh, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. So, as I mentioned earlier, we have inherited this knowledge of good and evil. And we're all familiar with the fact that um, that at, what Adam and Eve got from the, the fruit of the tree was not this is good and this is evil. They got the sense that there is good and evil. And they had just sort of this fuzzy, ethereal feeling thing to kind of figure out what was what was good and evil. And uh, so... So we have the Word of God, which is what this whole thing is about. We have the Word of God to inform that sense of, of good and evil. Um, but ultimately, what we want to have is, is that walk with God that, uh, that he's right there because Adam didn't need knowledge of good and evil because he had God right there. Uh, but, of course, God has this adversary that will take all sorts of Things and twist them around to make, you know, uh, good evil and evil good. That's we sure see that nowadays. So God was very wise to give us something in black and white that's like, well, this is what I say is good, and this is what I say is evil, because that would be the gold standard that we all want to go by. So, he, so he talks here about secret faults. He's talking about things that, that he's not even aware of that cleanse me from stuff that I don't even know that I'm doing. Like, let, let's get. Get that stuff out in the open and deal with it. Uh, and I like that he, the way he puts that, because he's not, he's not wringing his hands, thinking there must be something that I don't see. Right. He's, he's just saying, God, cleanse me from secret faults, because he's, he's talking about you know, the, the judgments of the Lord being true and righteous altogether. So that's a, that's a great thing to have him bring those things to the surface. Then he says, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. And let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. So, so that's awesome, because of course, if you're going to uh, sin presumptuously, obviously then that's a choice that you're making. But he says here, keep me back from that. And, and so God is, is wise to do that, because he's going to let you make your own choice. But uh, but he'll he'll certainly work with you and help you. Uh, but he says, let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright. And actually, that word is, uh, is complete, perfect. Uh, and then he says, and then I shall be innocent from the great transgression. And and this this word means revolt or rebellion. So which is exactly what a presumptuous sin would be. Any any sin of of purpose. Well, I did that on purpose because I just really wanted to. So we kind of covered both the bases here, didn't we? It's like, you know, cleanse me from secret faults and keep me back from presumptuous sins. And then he said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Because isn't that what we want? It's like, I don't know about you, but uh, but I, I certainly pray that. And... Uh, 
And he starts with the words. Of course, the words that come out of your mouth come from the meditation of your heart. And so meditating on his word and putting his word inside of you, when, when that is what's in your heart, those are the words that will come out of your mouth. And uh, uh, and that's that's where we want to be. So it just seems like God keeps talking to us about about how He cleans house and how it's not a scary thing, and and how we just we want to let Him do it, and and be on the same page with Him, work with Him on it. Um, so um, yeah, so I appreciate your continued prayers for Levi. Um, he uh, was feeling decent yesterday, and I was kind of kept him back from the party at Dan and Sarah's because I was thinking we're all going to go to church in the morning. And then uh, uh, last night in the middle of the night, uh, his uh, stuff flared up again really bad, and, and so he was up half the night. And uh, So, yeah. Um, so it's been a week now. Honestly, I'm a bit discouraged about it, but... Um, just uh, I know that God is doing something, and and we just need God to do it. So I uh, definitely appreciate your prayers for that. So Jesus, we just we thank you for your great faithfulness. God, and and what we are asking this morning is that you would just do these things in us, God. That our uh, our thoughts and our hearts and our wills would all come into line with you. God, you said that judgment would begin at the house of God. And, and Lord, that's what we're wanting. God, we want to be perfectly clean. And we don't want to, to settle for just doing okay. God, we want you to look at us with those eyes like flames of fire. Lord God, we want you to to shine the searchlight of your presence on us. God, not, not in a way of, of, of some kind of overzealous witch hunting kind of thing, God, but because we want to be perfectly clean before you. God, I want you to be satisfied with me. God, I know that's the prayer of every person in this place. God, and what I'm, I'm asking, God, is just like David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, God. God, bring us to that place. God, every thought that is not pleasing in your sight, God, point it out. And God, we just pray that you would do these things. God, and I do just bring Levi to you again this morning. God, we've, we've prayed and prayed and prayed. God, and you said that to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, Lord God. And uh, God, and I am satisfied that, that we have done that and done that and done that, God. And so I am looking for this thing to happen quickly, Lord God. Yes. But but I believe Your word, God, that it shall come to pass, God. And I just pray that You would just touch him today and and bring relief to him, God, and and, and encourage his heart, God. I know he's he's so discouraged about just laying around and hardly hardly being able to get off the couch. God, I just pray that you'd touch him. God, as only you could do. God, you're, you're bigger than all of our problems. God, you're bigger than all of our fears and every hang-up that we could have. God, God and you specialize in those things that are impossible. God, so we're looking to you this morning to do those things. God, lose faith in this place. God, for every need that has come through these doors this morning. God, uh, that that your presence would do as only you could. God, we're just looking to you and asking you to do these things. In the name of Jesus, we pray.